Satan opposes God's plan. He, whatever God wants, Satan is against it. It doesn't matter how simple it is, how big it is, how small or anything else. Satan is against anything God wants to do in our life, in the world in which we live and, and through his word. And so he's against it. We want to look at tonight a, an example of that. In Matthew chapter 16, we begin reading verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And so he's beginning now going toward the cross at this time in his ministry, and he's beginning, beginning to teach them, now, fellas, there's going to come this day, and just it says here, uh, we're going to Jerusalem, and when we get there, I'm going to have to suffer many things. Uh, the elders are going to be behind it. The priests are going to be behind it. Teachers of the law are going to be behind all this suffering and going through. And ultimately, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be sacrificed. I'm going to be murdered. I'm going to be crucified. But just hold on. On the third day, I'm going to be raised back to life. And so he's teaching this to them. Well, that sounds like something he would do. He was always teaching and always telling the disciples about what's going to happen how things work in his kingdom and, and all of this. And so should have been very understandable as he sat him down and talked to him about this. But <laughs> Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Uh, I can just visualize it. He's got all, all 12 and he's talking to them. I can just see Peter. Jesus, come here. You know, come over here. You know, let's just me and you have a little talk here. And as he got him away from the other disciples, he said, never, Lord. This will never happen to you. I mean, I can just hear... the. Peter getting loud. I can hear Peter, Peter getting very exclamatory about his uh, statements uh, because he's rebuking Jesus. And so we need to make sure we understand what the rebuke means. The word rebuke means to express strong disapproval to someone. I don't approve of what you're doing. I'm against what you're doing. You know, a rebuke is, you know, the voice may get raised. The inflection of the voice may get powerful. It's not simply... Um, I don't like you sitting in this tray here, you know. That's just saying it in a small voice, but rebuking somebody would say, I don't like you sitting in that tray there. You don't set that tray there anymore. You understand? That's rebuking, you see. And so that's what Peter, of all people, a disciple of Jesus, expressing strong disapproval of what Jesus says, here's what's going to happen. Can you imagine us doing that to Jesus? Saying, Jesus... I disagree with what you want to do in my life. Hmm? See, even though Peter's master, Jesus, had just blessed him, and we'll back up in a minute and see this, Peter didn't understand the master's plan. He said, I don't get what you're talking about. I'm not understanding what you're saying here. Because just a few minutes earlier, Simon Peter answered, Jesus, you're the Christ, Son of the living God, because Jesus had asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? You've been in the towns, you've been in the cities, you've gone to get food and all these sort of things. When you're out and about in the marketplace, who are you hearing people say that I am? And so they begin to answer him and tell him, you know, some say you're Elijah, some tell you're John the Baptist. Some, you know, they're giving all these answers to what they're getting. But Peter said, wait, hold on, I got the real answer. You're the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And so he said, you're right, Peter. You didn't just come up with that answer on your own. You didn't hear that on the streets. 
God the Father has revealed that to you. And you've got the right answer. I am the Messiah, the Christ. And so Peter could not understand how Jesus could be the Messiah, as he had just said, the Christ, Son of the living God, and at the same time die in the hands of the religious leaders. It just didn't make sense in the logical, reasonable way in which we try to figure Jesus out. Well, Jesus, this just doesn't sound reasonable. You know, on the one hand, you're, you're God the Father, you're God the Son, you're, you're the Son, the Messiah, the Christ, the Rescuer, the Deliverer, and on the other hand, you're going to let the people of this world crucify you? And this, this just doesn't add up. Do you see how we do that with Jesus? In our life sometimes, it just doesn't seem to make sense, God, what you're doing here. Uh, on the one hand, I read your word, I see what you're up to, I see what you're doing, I see who you are, and I trust you, and I depend on you, and I lean on you. But on the other hand, here's something over here that I, I don't understand, I don't get it, and something's not adding up here, and something's not balancing out here, and so we do that, don't we? We just misunderstand. We, we don't get what Jesus is doing sometimes. And so Peter heard what he wanted to hear. You ever heard anybody say that? You just hear what you want to hear. You're not listening to me. You know, people say things like that, don't you? You ever heard somebody, had anybody say something like that to you? Any other way to put it besides your selective hearing? You just have selective hearing. You miss about 10% of what I'm saying. Then you get it all mixed up, messed up. So, you know, we misunderstand. So Peter was hearing what he wanted to hear. He had heard the part about chief priests going to Jerusalem, being killed, but then he missed out on that part on the third day. I'll be raised to life once again. He was so shocked to hear Jesus speak of his death, and he failed to hear him mention the resurrection. I'll be resurrected third day. I'll come back to life. So, Peter's rebuke, however, brought a rebuke from the Lord. For Peter was playing the role of Satan. Peter was simply saying, I disapprove of your plan, Jesus. And so when we disapprove of God's plan for our life, we are playing the role of Satan because Satan's always against the role of Jesus, the role of God, the ways of God, the will of God, whatever he can do to oppose God's plan. He's about that. And if we're in agreement with, I disagree with God's plans, I don't like God's plans, I want another plan, I want my plan, I got a better plan, I can figure this thing out better, then we're playing the role of Satan. So what did Jesus do? His Peter's rebuke got a rebuke. So Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Now I'm saying it kind of gently and softly, but you notice an exclamation mark behind Satan. When you see that sentence, get behind me, Satan, with an exclamation mark, does that have any, have any kind of meaning to it? It means like you're raising your voice and yelling at somebody. Yeah. Y'all got that? <laughs> what were you going to say? With strong feeling. Yeah, strong feeling. Strong feeling and emotion. Yes. Exclamation mark means strong feeling and emotion. Maybe you're raising your voice, and so you're just saying it very strongly. I disagree. I'm in agreement. Whatever the, the statement is, and so Jesus is doing the same thing. You see, with great emo emotion, very strong feelings about it. Get behind me, Satan. He had just blessed Peter and said, "Yes, you're right. I am the Messiah. You're correct, and all that." And now he's saying, "Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you're a stumbling block to me." You're getting in my way. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. You're not thinking what I'm thinking. You're not wanting what I'm wanting. You're wanting what you want. Do you see how that works in our life? Sometimes God comes in our life and says, here's what I want. Here's my desires. 
Here's my plans. Here's my will. Here's my ways. Here's my word. You know, however he puts it, however we hear it. And sometimes we say, no, <laughs> I want my way. I want my will. I want my desires. I, would, I just want what I want. And so then that's when Jesus has to say, get behind me, Satan. We become a stumbling block to Jesus. A stumbling block is just something we're, we're tripping over, something we're, that's getting in our way. If this uh, basket, we're in the floor and it's dark in here, we come walking through here and we don't see this and we're going to trip over it, it's becoming a, a stumbling block. It's getting in our way. And so Jesus said to Peter, you're, you're getting my way, Peter. I'm trying to go to Jerusalem to fulfill the purpose in which I came here for and you're trying to get in my way. You're a stumbling block to me. You don't have in things, mind the things of, that God wants. You have in mind the things you want. So Jesus directly addressed Satan more than he addressed Peter. He was just seeing Peter being used as an instrument by Satan. And so it is with people of the world. If people are trying to subvert or circumvent or go around or go under the ways of God, the will of God, the Word of God, so that we don't have to do it his way but our way, we are an instrument to Satan that's getting in the way of Jesus and his work. So Peter is simply trying to say, Lord, I don't want you to die. But wait a minute. <laughs> that's why Jesus came into the world. He came into the world to die for our sins. Because, see, we're born sinners. When we come into this world, we're sinners. And there has to be a sacrifice for our sins in order for us to be saved and born again and get to heaven. And so the only way that's going to happen is for a sacrifice to be made, and that's Jesus. He becomes the sacrifice. And so the reason he came in the world was so that uh, he would die for our sins so that we could be saved, have the opportunity to go to heaven. And so Peter was just simply getting in the way of Jesus of what he came in the world to do. So trying to stop the crucifixion. When Peter was trying to stop the crucifixion, Satan had already tried to do that earlier, you see. And so it resulted from not thinking about God's viewpoint, but from Peter's viewpoint. And so how does that happen? What, what goes on? Well, again, like we said this morning, Satan wants to tempt us and deceive us in our heart and our mind, the center of our emotions, our desires, our character, our soul. Uh, he wants to attack our thoughts, our decisions, and our choices. And so it was with Jesus. Satan had attacked Jesus before the very first thing when Jesus began his ministry. When Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and came up out of the water, we know the story there, the first thing that happened in his life was led by the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness, out of the desert. And once he got out in there, he stayed there 40 days. Talking to God, hearing from God, about to begin the ministry. Well, after it's all over with, the Bible says he's hungry. And so Satan came along. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. Got him up on the high mountain. Look around, Jesus. Look around at all what you see and what I see. All this I, Satan said, all this I will give you if you'll bow down and worship me. See, Satan in the New Testament is often called the prince of this world. A prince has a lot of power, but who has more power is the king. And so even though Satan is the prince of this world and a lot of power, a lot of things under his power, God has more power because he's the king. But even there, Satan had the power to say, I'll give you all that you see, Jesus, if you'll just bow down and worship me. And so it is with you and I today. Even you and I today, Satan will come to us and say, you see something out there you want? Look around you. See how good all this stuff looks? You want some of that? Yeah. 
I'd like to have a little of this, a little of that, a little of that. All right, I'll give it to you, but you got to follow me. you got to worship me, Satan says. And so when we do that sort of thing, we're just bargaining with him and listening to him say, okay, you're going to give me all these things in the world that I want? Great, I'll serve you. And so that's what he was trying to get Jesus to do was to serve him and give him the, the things of all the world, even though his father created everything in the world. That's the way Satan operates, you see, because he's wanting to subvert, wanting to prevent, wanting to stop the crucifixion of Jesus. So Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. Away from me. Get away from me. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. And so here we just simply see that Jesus said uh, he would fight him with the word. And that's how we fight against Satan. We fight him with God's word. He doesn't listen to us, but he listens to God. And so when we go on the offensive, and we'll get to that eventually with Fred uh, and the spiritual armor, uh, we fight him with the word. That's our offensive weapon. And so he said, worship the Lord and serve him only. And the devil said, okay, I've had enough. I'm leaving here. Uh, but Luke said it in a different way. Luke said, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until opportune time. And so Satan says, okay, I got defeated here but I'll be back. You're running me off, I'm leaving, but I'll come back. And so he did, and there in the Garden of Gethsemane, here with Peter, uh, we see him looking for that opportune time to come back when we're at weak, weak points. And so it is with us. We may have a victory over Satan today. We had our armor on, and we defeated him, and he ran away from us, and we submitted to God and resisted Satan, and, and he flee, fled. But he'll come back, and he looks for that opportune time to come back toward us, to tempt us and to try us and to agitate us and, and all the things he does, all the tricks and things he brings to us. He looks for that opportune time, that time that we are weak once again. And so he did that now. He would do that uh, before the crucifixion. He wanted to stop the crucifixion ultimately above everything else. Well, getting back to where we were a while ago in Matthew sixteen twenty four. Then Jesus said to his disciples, at the, let's back up where we left off. Uh, so again, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but things of men. You're, you're not listening to me. You're not being attentive to me. You want what you want, not what I want. And you're just a stumbling block to me, Peter. And then he finally said after that, then he said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, if you want to follow me, if you want to be where I am, if you want to do my will, if you want to hear from me and learn from me, if you want to be one of my disciples, one of my followers, my learners, here's what you got to do. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Jesus made Christianity real simple. Sometimes we complicate it. Sometimes we add things to it. Sometimes we take things from it. And Jesus said, let me just make Christianity to you real simple. If you want to be a disciple a follower, a learner. Just deny self first. Not do what you want to do. Don't, don't say, here's what I want, here's what I think, here's what I feel. Don't live that kind of life. But as you're doing that, take up your cross. Taking up your cross means I'm going to take up God's will. I'm going to do I'm denying self and taking up what God wants me to do. Just like Jesus did. Jesus denied self, and he said, I want to do what my Father wants me to do. I'm going to the cross. And we have to do the same thing, take, take up our cross, uh, doing God's will, doing God's ways.
And then we just follow Jesus. That's just day by day walk. I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm going to take up my cross, do what God wants me to do. Where are we going, Jesus? I'm right behind you. We're going here. We're going here. And we're just following him through the day. And it's it's a simple thing. It's an easy thing. It's just being obedient to denying self, taking up a cross and following him. So as we see sometimes where Peter did, uh, Satan simply opposes God's plans. And so as God has some things for us to do during the week, during the month, whenever it is, we have to deny self. Otherwise, we're going to do what Satan wants to do. And we have to take up our cross, do what God wants to do, and just follow Jesus. And then Satan's going to come along and try to oppose God's plan. But that's where we have to keep doing what we're doing, denying self, taking up a cross daily, and following Jesus. Are we doing that this week? Will we do that this week? Will we listen to God and say, Lord, I want what you want. I want your will to be done in my life, not mine. Are we there tonight?